What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Clore. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. This is the Ford Performance Edition with your host, John Clore. I'm the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, and my co-host is none other than Mike Ray, the president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan. Mike, we've got another doozy tonight. Well, I don't. Doozy? Yep, it's going to be fun. <laughs> doozy is an old word uh, that a lot of people in the car industry should know because it was, um, it was named in reference of the Duesenberg which was that when it's a doozy, it's a Duesenberg, which is really one of a kind. And tonight, folks, we've got another one of a kind show for you because we have, we're actually, Mike, we're actually going to talk to one of these GM guys that was converted over to the Mustang world because of a very special car he happens to own. And I don't know how in the heck Mike Ray can continue to get fabulous cars to Mustang memories. But a few years back, Mike, you said, hey, you got to meet this guy. And I said, who is he? And you said, it's a guy named Dave Purcell. And guess what he brought? And I said, what? A Mustang? And you started laughing. And you said to me, Mike, it's not any Mustang. It's Bob Seeger's Mustang. I go, correct. Bob Seeger. Yeah, great, great memories. I remember where it was parked and where we were standing and everything when that car was there. Yeah, and you walked me up to and there was Dave and he had a placard. And, you know, uh, we've known some people that have owned celebrity cars. And so, and uh, I thought, well, Dave and Kay are really nice people, and they're Michiganders. Uh, he unfortunately informed me he kind of liked GM cars, and this was his first Ford. But man, when he told me the story of how in the heck he got Bob Seeger's car and why he Bob Seeger unloaded it, and I say I say unloaded because there was an issue, and how in the heck of all these time and all these years gone by that Dave Purcell was able to figure out. What was the issue with the car and then now enjoy it was so important and so cool that when producers to the old TV show Americana came to Ford Racing back when I was over there and said, hey, do you know know any cool Mustang people with some cool Mustang stories? I said, how much time do you have? (laughs) I said, do you want me to to call Mike Ray? And (laughs) out of the 10 or 12 people I had mentioned, they were just enamored with Dave Purcell and the fact that he had Bob Seeger's car. So I had sent the producers over to Dave's house. And do you know, Mike, Dave and his wife Kay and his car, Bob Seeger Mustang, got onto that TV show. And and I can't I, I when I saw it, I go, they used my my link and they they went over to see Dave's car. And so now Dave's the TV star and tonight. He's the star of the Mustang Owners Podcast. Let's welcome Dave Purcell. Dave, thanks for joining the show. I almost passed out listening to all that stuff. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? It's a great, I, it's a great story. That's what that car was about. It's really. Well, when you- 
I know that you guys love muscle cars and you and Kay go to shows, but tell everybody, you know, it's not one thing to be able to stumble across a car owned by a, a celebrity. And if you're in Detroit, everybody loves Bob Seeger. I mean, he had so many hits here for the Motor City. Um, and we, we everybody loves him. They've been to Pine Knob for his concerts. But when you told me you had his car, I said, oh, that's great. But when you told me the story of why he sold the car and what was the deal with the car, you just have to repeat that for our listeners, Dave. It, it, uh, you're dealing with an old car. Um, we bought the car, uh, I think it had 4,700 miles. I had about five minutes to make a buying decision. I got a phone call from an automotive broker who okay. represented his cars and said, we've got a pristine, low mileage, blah, 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 65 fastback. I basically bought the car unseen. I knew what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did. So it was, that's how I ended up. It was like I got three other people who will buy the car right now. You're first in line, yes or no. I said, yes. <laughs> Mike, Good for you. <laughs> Mike, you do this for a living. You work with people who are buying and selling vehicles. We had a window of time that was essentially a phone call. Wow. Now, did you already know that it was Bob Seeger's car when you were buying it? Yes. I mean, it was, a, it was told to me that it was a very low-mileage, celebrity-owned, vehicle okay. with documentation so it was owned by mike ray no but did yeah. <laughs> uh, but they did they tell you it was actually bob seeger or just a uh, vague uh response celebrity. With celebrity no no we knew it was he had we had a title we had mm -hmm. the michigan title um that is state of michigan you know property uh we have a picture with him with the car it's wow. it's the real mccoy it it, we were just lucky to get it. I, I don't know how many cars Bob Seger owns or has owned, but my guess is it's not the only one he ever owned by far, but it's got a great story. Yeah, and that's, that's, the, that's what really intrigued me and why I, I, I featured you and your car on FordPerformance.com. I believe that back then it was at FordRacing.com in the enthusiast section. But why I was so enamored with that story, because – when you bought the car and found out that Seeger uh, would have kept the car, except that he had a problem with it and that nobody could figure it out. I thought, well, but wait a minute, Dave bought it anyway. <laughs> so now, did you, you know, know that? The first time I drove that car, you get in the car, you're driving it. Um, it had a violent shake to it. Mm. There was something wrong with the car. Yeah. The car had 4,700 original miles wow and i'm driving it home i bought it uh what march of 60 of 06 mm -hmm. it had 4700 miles um and the thing is shaking like shake your glasses off <laughs> and you change rpm and it didn't seem like it did that and i'm going well, I'll say what the heck is going on, but I probably would have used other, you know, some, what's, what is, what, what's wrong with this car? Right. It's got no miles. 
Well, uh, that's, that makes sense now because if Seeger had the same vibration issue, he probably didn't enjoy driving it at all. And every time he drove it, he, it wouldn't stop. But I understood he tried to get it solved and nobody could solve it. So, you know, he, what's the only thing to do? Sell it. <laughs> right? I, 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 believe, I believe you're 100% right. Ray Everingham made a comment to us when he came to our house to feature our car on his show, Americana. He said, had that car been built correctly, it would have had 200,000 miles on it, like all the rest of these Mustang junkers and old cars that have a ton of miles on it. That's why it had no miles. Mm -hmm. This car was built with a mistake. So let, take us through that. So you buy, you figure, well, it's got a vibration. Seeger probably knew that. He had friends that his mechanics couldn't figure it out. So you bought it anyway. And you, you were thinking you were right. going to keep it with the vibration or were you just always oh, sure yeah. you were going to go after it and figure it out? Well, here, here's, here's what happened. I was just bound and determined that we could figure this out. It was coming from the back of the engine. I'm not a mechanic, but I know how to write checks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Mike, I'm stealing that line from Dave. Is that all right with you? <laughs> and the so, mechanics loved it. <laughs> so I thought, what would make it do that? I mean, there's a million people listening to this right now, and they're saying, oh, I bet it's bad spark plug, spark plug wire, mm -hmm. uh, something in the ignition, distributor. Um, oh, I bet it's... Uh, um, maybe it's a clog. You're going through 400 things. Yeah. It ended up being a flywheel. A flywheel. How would you ever figure it? Now, you got to tell everybody how you figured that out. Flywheel. Couldn't believe it. We were going to take the motor out. The transmission comes out with like one bolt. <laughs> we need <laughs> several cars to work out. Yep. You know, so I'm at a transmission shop. Take out the transmission trying to figure out where this major vibration is coming from. Not little vibration, major. It's a 289. Two yeah, and it's and it's pretty much brand new. So it's not like 45 pieces have been replaced on it, right? It was original. Fact, I mean, how butchered can a car be if it's got 4,700 miles on it? And you go, hmm. So we ended up making a decision at a transmission shop, standing under the car going, let's, let's take the flywheel off and let's order a flywheel from NPD. Okay. One in here, slap it on, you know, it's like a dozen bolts or whatever it is, and then see if there's a difference in this vibration. So two days later, NPD delivers to us this $170 flywheel that was, you know, for a 289, blah, blah, blah. Same, I gave them the, the mode and, and they sent the thing like the next day. Yeah, we slap it good. on, no vibration. We put the old one back on, big vibration. Wow. I drank a 12-pack of beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid you not. I mean, that 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 flywheel had never been off that engine. 
Right. That, that was assembled at the factory. And was it the weights that were wrong or was it the wrong flywheel? What, what, was, what did you guys determine? Um, I believe it was the wrong flywheel that was assembled onto that engine. And whoever drove that car would not enjoy driving it because it was unpleasant as, I guess, <laughs> imagine. I mean, hell, it'd shake your glasses off. You go, this thing's a piece of junk. Uh, when people, you know, I've test driven cars as has Mike, and I remember buying, uh, checking out a Mustang. It was up uh, in the thumb area, and it shook like hell. But it turned out that was a drive shaft or a U joint, and then some. And people usually go after you know wheels, but you were able to feel it in the engine. And I, Mike, isn't it kind of strange that you would think that that Bob Seger's mechanic couldn't figure it out? Yeah, you would think, right? Um, I'm sure he's got a lot of other cars, too. And I'm sure he's got, you know, one standard mechanic that he takes everything to. So I would be shocked. And I, I wouldn't want to be the mechanic to tell Bob, I can't figure it out. Well, no, because he bought it at a probably a Ford. He bought it new, didn't he, Dave? That was purchased new by Bob Seeger. We The car had, like, no miles on it. So we know yeah. it was bought. In fact, I got the window sticker. It was bought at a place in... Uh, S and C Ford in San Francisco, California. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! And it so, was uh, a grand total on the car, um, according to my Ford Mustang window sticker, was twenty nine hundred thirty four dollars and forty cents. That's exactly what I paid to get my oil changed. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the great. Here's a great question. We. We paid about the same for that car as we did for an 08 Shelby GT500 that matched it. Here's a great math question. Let's just say the let's just say the the, the figure out there is thirty five thousand dollars. Okay. Here we pay say thirty five thousand dollars sixteen years ago. True story. That stickered for twenty nine hundred dollars. <laughs> And paid the same for that as we did for an 08 Shelby GT500 that stickered for 49000 on the sticker, Ford sticker, in 2009. We paid essentially the same amount. <laughs> so in 10 years, where where is the return on my investment? <laughs> Bob Seger didn't know. own that GT500. Well, I yeah. don't know. You know, I mean, you got one that started off its life at $2,900. And we got one that started off at, fifty, say, $50,000. Right. And you pay the same amount for them, say, say 16 years ago. <laughs> you know, did you make a good decision? And I, I say, absolutely. I'm glad I got them. Oh yeah, you uh, and the the two cars together are cool, and uh, and the reason why I suggested to the producers of Americana to go see that car is really because of not just the fact that it's a celebrity car and those are always fun, but that you, Dave, figured. I mean, you'd think that so if it was bought in, in on the West Coast, you'd think that Seeger was out there, I don't know, doing music and bought the car, couldn't enjoy it. He probably took it back to the dealership. Mike, don't you think he took it back? Say it was a vibration, and they couldn't figure it out. 
because they weren't going to unbutton a motor of a brand new car, right? I mean, I mean, they must have gone through all the typical, what's the vibration from? And then, I don't know, maybe he, Bob had to have the car come back to Detroit or somewhere else and never sorted it out. But Dave Purcell decides to, for whatever reason, I, that wouldn't be the first thing I thought of. It was probably built in San Jose. So do you think it was a, uh, a is there a difference between a 260 and a 289 flywheel? I mean, other than the weight? You know, I'm a, I'm a, I love cars. I'm not a mechanic. I just, you know when they're right and you know when they're not right. Mm -hmm. Live by a very simple model. If it's made by man, it can get fixed by man. This is not rocket science. And I, I mean, I don't mean to be sexist about, I wish we had more women mechanics, but it, it, you can't let it beat you. These are old vehicles. They have a story. They have a personality. And if you're going to own one of these, you have to accept that and be the caretaker for that car and give it the best you can while the time you have it. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, This cool, is dude. not an exotic car. It's like one of what? 600,000. <laughs> well, they sold a million of these things in the first 18 months. So yeah, it was quite the story. But right now, Mustang Fastback 65, 66 Fastbacks are pretty much, I don't know, Mike Ray, would you say they're unobtainium at this point for, well, I mean, even if you, I don't even know if you can find one anymore. Yeah, they're getting tougher, but uh, especially celebrity owned, that's for sure. Well, yeah, that, that kind of separates Dave's car. Uh, so, so your wife didn't give you any case said, go ahead. And then you get it solved. Then that becomes not just a show car where you can bring your Shelby with you. Now it's a real story. So how did you said, you know, you weren't in the Mustang enthusiast community. You have a couple of other muscle cars, brand X, don't you? What are the other cars you have, Dave? This, this, this car is the first Ford I've ever, I ever owned. I've always what? had Mopars when I was a kid. I had a, has 63 uh, Plymouth Savoy, you know, what car oh, yeah. do I have in Impala? <laughs> I drive in the winter. No, my <laughs> wife, yeah, my wife is yelling at me. She's telling me how stupid I am. <laughs> well, she's doing her job. That's what all wives are supposed to do. <laughs> we have a, we have a couple of Hellcats. We have a Charger mm -hmm. Hellcat. It looks like grandpa's car, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have a, 63 Belvedere. We have a 69 Corvette convertible. Um, big block car that, you know, is an old, kind of an old junker. <laughs> um, we have a 08 Shelby GT500 that matches the 65 that we literally paid within like 500 bucks, the same amount for. <laughs> Well, don't you show them together? Yeah. Well, who knows? You know, we have a 71 Dodge Challenger we bought like forever ago that we were smart enough to keep that has a Hemi in it. That's a real pretty car. I have had more people sit in that Mustang than I've had sit in all my cars combined. And that's the one that got you on television. That's it. A 65 Mustang, every grandma, 
and father and grandpa and great-grandpa owned or uncle owned that they made millions of because it has a great story. story. That's exactly right. Mike, don't you, I mean, when you, when you look for cars for Mustang memories, is it the cars you look for, Mike, or is it the stories like this? Actually, both. So, and he just happened to have both. You know, sometimes you you just find a certain cool car, and then you don't hear the story until it actually arrives. But um, this one was just a grand slam home run with that car. And um, you know, Dave, you mentioned a lot of the other cars you have, and you mentioned one of my uh, my late father's favorite cars ever that he owned was was a '63 Plymouth Belvedere. And that that's so crazy that you said that tonight. It just it just such a small world and uh in in the car community and what cars mean to everybody. So that's super cool. But there's no better story than with Bob Seeger, especially being here in Detroit. I mean, huge, huge hit. And as you know, at that event, you were just swarmed all day. I got oh, yeah. I got I got lucky. I had a <laughs> literally a five minute window to make a decision. And you know, we paid a premium to buy that car. It, it's we paid a premium. Now, this is a long time ago. It's like 16 years ago. We bought the car in '06, and we just bought it. And you go, great. What am I going to do? Buy a CD or buy gold or you know, <laughs> eight ex-wives or nine ex-husbands? I mean, <laughs> it, what better thing to invest in? My personal opinion: if you love cars and you like the story. And old cars have a story. New cars don't have much of a story. And, and well, not like this one. And here's here's the catcher with you, Dave. And uh, when you brought it to the show, I, and at, at Memories, a place like Memories, where they'll, I think the year you were there, they had what eight nine hundred cars. Mike, you had a ton of cars that year. And you can go up and down the aisles behind World Headquarters and see a lot of '65 Mustangs and. And several really great 65 fastbacks. Now, a lot of people looked at your car, Dave, probably wouldn't know how low my, I mean, they, there was, there's some spectacular restored cars that look brand new and they wouldn't know how low, what a low mileage original. And I know, remember your placard saying it was a Bob Seger car and we, you actually showed his signature on there. But when you just drive by, just walk by, this tells everybody why you go to a show like Mustang Memories, because when you look at that fastback, and if you didn't stop and say hi to you and Kale, Kay, and look at the, the board, you'd say, oh, there's a nice 65 fastback and keep walking. But Mike, kind of like the people that just walked right past um, uh, the Wise's car, or, or, the, or, or you know, the, the Henry Ford, the, the second Mustang, I mean, unless you... Or Graffelman's. Oh, Graffelman's, well, yeah, that car looked like it was just pulled out of a, it was just pulled out of a pig pen or whatever. And and you wouldn't give it a second thought, but but Dave is right. <laughs> it was. About that. Yeah. And Dave, but Dave is right about this one. If, if this what makes Mustang shows so different than, no offense, uh, a lot of the other brand X shows is that these cars, uh, because they were so embraced by America, have so many wonderful stories. And Gail Wise was another perfect example. And I believe Effingham went to her house and did her car as well. Of some of the dozens of people I suggested they see. And Dave, your car is proof that the story, along with a great car, and the fact that you yourself, not a mechanic at some dealership that Bob Seeger went to, or Bob Seeger himself, or Bob Seeger's assistant, but you, Dave, figured it out. And now you have a running, driving, enjoyable 
65 Mustang Fastback that just so happens to be a celebrity car. I mean, congratulations to you and your wife, Kay. What lights us up the most, this is, this is honest, is I like having the kids get in the car and imagine this. A kid hop in the car and, and mom and dad are standing there with, you know, their camera. And I'll ask them, I said, you know, do, do you have a camera? I said, oh, yeah. I said, I got an idea. Why don't you get in the car and we'll take a picture of you in the car with your camera. And when you get like a little kid in there, it, it's like a riot. And they oh, yeah. grab the wheel. And I, and I kind of, you know, go for the customer. <laughs> so I'm going to start it and we're going to do a couple of wheelies. You know, but I'll, the kids are laughing, the parents. But I have kids sit in that car all day long and have their picture taken by their parents. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fun. That kid lights up like a million-watt bulb, mm-hmm. and you give it to him when, or her when they're 21 years old and say, do you know what car you were sitting in, <laughs> you know, yeah. back when you were like four years old? That's yeah, that's. That is the coolest part. And, and the fact that you do that, you know, Dave, a lot of people that have celebrity cars don't let people touch them, let oh, alone let the kids in. We know. We, you will never see a do not touch sticker in a car I own. That is okay. not why I brought that car out there to make sure that, you know, this is not Fort Knox. It's a car, you know, sit in it, take your picture, have fun, grab the wheel. I think that's a cool deal do with a car that they made 600,000 of <laughs> and you're lighting people up from one end to the other. And you know what? They're eating it up. You kind of got to push people out of the car. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, Hey, get out. Oh, yeah. You've been in there 10 minutes, you know. Now, have but, you been in contact uh, since you solved the mystery with Bob Sear? Does he know? I said, I know he has another Mustang. I think he's got a 71 or 73 that we, I we, we think that's a, that's a very good question. Okay. I, I could only imagine owning that car for however many years and then having it had so low miles and be so unpleasant to drive and just go, I'm done. Get rid of it. I'm out of here. You know, move along. I, I don't have time for this. And we were lucky. It took me three years to figure out what the heck was wrong with this car. I hated oh. driving it. I really did. I hated driving it. Um, it, it just, was part of the equation. We figured it out finally. I was going to pull the engine out and say, you know, it's a 289. How hard is this to rebuild? It's got to be something obvious. And it was not obvious. It wasn't drive shaft, wires. Mm -hmm. It wasn't spark plugs. It wasn't a bent rim. It wasn't a weird tire. You know, you go through this whole checklist of what the hell's wrong with this car. This is not my imagination. Well, I would imagine that that Bob Seeger would say, are you kidding me? All that, why didn't I figure it out? And now you have that, you know, no offense to his his Mustangs that he's bought after this one, but that was his first one, that was his first Mustang. That's that's his first year. He probably would, you know, kick himself that he didn't get it fixed. Well, there's a reason that car didn't have very many miles on it. And (laughs) I I think, you know, there's a story behind these. And I... You can't have more fun in life than to have a car like that. I never had a Ford before. That was the first Ford I ever bought. Owned, simplest car I ever worked on, easy to work on. You can almost change oil without getting under the car. I mean, it's it, and it's a great car. It's a it's a. I have a two eighty nine 
two barrel, three speed on the floor. So anybody who thinks this is a muscle car probably had a good shot of good bourbon tonight. It's, just, <laughs> it's a classic car, and you just want it to drive good and give right. it the life it deserves. And we, we hope to, to bring it to a bunch of car shows and have a million people take pictures in it. It's a 289 65 Mustang with a great story. And we're happy to have that car shared in the story behind it as an enthusiast. Because um, it's so, you can relate to it. We were oh, yeah. So I didn't know if you know this, and I, I'm sure the listeners out there know this, and there's a reason why Mike Ray is part of this. And it's because Mike Ray knows everybody. And so that's, I'm going to flat out just say that. So if you want Mike Ray to call Bob Seeger the next time you have the car, then and you guys take it out together, we'll do a video on you two driving the car because Bob Seeger is probably going to be very interested to know that this car is in better hands than probably when he had it. And we're so excited for you, Dave, and your wife, Kay, that you have this in your garage and that you were on television, that you still want to continue to bring it to shows. I know just recently I featured you on FordPerformance.com. You did bring it to a show, and again, you won because of that story. Are you going to maybe bring it to another memory show if Mike uh, gets you a good spot? Mike Mike knows how to get in touch with me. <laughs> I would be a riot. I think it's so much fun to be able to share that. It's a big honor for us. It, we're not big shots. We're just regular straight up. Um, and Again, I think the whole idea is uh, it, either you love cars or you don't. And the old cars have great stories. And it's it's not about how fast they are. That's not the story. It's, mm -hmm. The story is, you know, maybe it was your dad's car. It was your mom's car. It was your first car. I mean, that's what turns me on as a kind of walking around rather than, Hey, your wiper bag is wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, Mike, there's, there's, there's a reason why Mike Ray's Mike show is different than, say, uh, uh, MC National show. It's Mike wants people to go to the show, kick tires, and talk. Mike, that's pretty much even the day after the Mustang um, Alley at Woodward Dream Cruise, where people think they've seen enough Mustangs. The memory show is a place where you go to talk to people. I mean, don't you find that what everybody tells you, Mike? Yeah, that and also what we pride ourselves on is having stuff that no one else has ever seen before. Um, you know, a lot of the spectators that come to, to Mustang Memories would have never seen that car before. Or like we had with Little Red and with the Bullet and things like that. Those are the kind of cars. Remember the Western Mustang? Those are kind of cars that I love to have there because the normal person from Dearborn just walking through a car show, never seen those before. And that's something that we can bring them to make it very unique for our event. Well, I'm very lucky that um, I hang around with you and I get to see these cars. Um, you know, be able to take the suggest to the TV show that they go see Dave or, you know, Gail Wise Ford wasn't even aware of her uh, first retail sale car. And then I kind of forced her into the whole 50th anniversary launch. And uh, it, it, to me, it's, it brings joy to connect the people that own these cars and uh, to, to connect them back with the Mustang community and Ford Motor Company, actually. So, Dave, we're looking forward. Uh, to the show seasons and, and having you bringing that out and your beautiful Shelby as well. And uh, being able to spend time, I bet you, you have a 
you get you talk yourself hoarse at these car shows. Hey, John, real quick. Um, you know, Dave, me and John are working on something with Ford right now for um, Global Mustang Day. Um, and John, me and you should talk and possibly get this involved, uh, get uh, Dave's car involved maybe for that event. Everything. And, and you know, when it comes to the Motor City um, and doing something in Detroit and Bob Seeger, you know, nobody's going to forget that guy because rock and roll never forgets, does it? And um, nobody's going to that would be just so cool to, to put those two together. We can work on that, Mike, like we always like to, but uh, I have to admit, this is the joy of going to shows like Mustang memories and Mike, what you do to allow people to have some time to talk, because that's the only way I got to learn about this is spending a few minutes with Dave. And when he told me that story, I thought, Oh my gosh, what a great story. And I'm just thankful that he still has it. He can, he's the right Dave. You are the right guy, even though you have all the wrong cars other than this Mustang, you're the right guy to own it. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us tonight. I thank you so much for letting us um, be car lovers. That's what we are. So thanks again for your, your help and um, whatever we can do to keep the spirit alive that, um, Old cars with stories um, are shared by a lot of people. Oh, that's wonderful. And again, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Dave Purcell with the Bob Seeger 65 Mustang Fastback who solved a mystery that uh, Bob Seeger himself couldn't solve, even though he could solve a lot of mu musical mysteries, not the music that this car was making. And Dave uh, certainly has a great story. And Mike, again, with, if it weren't for you and putting Mustang memories together, introducing me to people like Dave, and this, this car, like we've said a thousand times, Mike, everybody's got a Mustang story. And this one was a doozy. Yep, I absolutely agree. And we're going to keep them coming to you guys. So if you enjoy listening to our podcast, stay tuned because me and John have a long list of people that we're going to be sharing with you. Yes, we're going to have to keep that uh, close to our vest because we have so many people that have wonderful stories we want to share with everybody out there listening to the Mustang Owners Podcast. That's why we do this. And we appreciate the Mustang Owners Museum for giving us this airtime. And ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate your time as well. So from Mike Ray and John Clore, we uh, thank you for joining us and we'll catch you down the road the next time.